Amen and amen. All right. Hey, let's show a little love to the worship team, man. They killed it this morning. Good job. Good job. Good job. Amen. Man, so glad you guys are in church. It's going to be a good day. Excited to see some faces that we haven't gotten to see in a while. Some college kids coming home and hanging out with the family and, you know, doing your laundry and eating free food and all that. Coming to church. It's exciting. I've seen, I've seen a couple faces that I'm like, I miss you. I don't want you to drop out of college, but I kind of do because <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> uh, don't drop out of college. Your parents will hate me, but we miss you. All right. So, um, man, so, so glad that you all are in church today and um, really, really excited for next weekend, too. Y'all know what's coming next weekend? I got it right here. Come on. At the movies is next weekend. Who, who's excited for some popcorn in church? And Yes, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, I got to go um, do something we've never done before. You'll see it next weekend. I had the opportunity this past week to go film. Uh, we're using Top Gun Maverick for week number one next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And had the opportunity to go get on base at uh, Naval Air Station Oceana and Naval Station Norfolk. And um, if, if you're from the south, you know how to pronounce it. It's, it's Norfolk. All right? That's how you're, that's how you're supposed to say it. Um, if you say Norfolk, then the people are like, from there are like, who are you? We know you're not from here. And, um, and man, just I know we honored veterans last weekend, but I just got to tell you, just getting to be around the men and women of the Navy and just see the excellence and the commitment. And um, I, I just, once again, I was overwhelmed. Um, so much activity happening on both of those installations and even learned some history and uh, just so much fun. And um, man, you guys who serve in the the armed forces, much, so much love and respect and honor to you guys, and um, what a privilege it is to have some of you calling our church home, and thank you for watching out for us and keeping us safe. Come on, everybody, are you with me? And um, so it was, it was, and so next week's going to be a lot of fun as we dive into that movie uh, together, and um, I always hear things like people are like, how are they going to make that connect to the Bible? And sometimes we pick a movie and we don't know either. And um, we just kind of figure it out as we go. So, uh, but, but it's going to be a good weekend. And I just want to ask you to make sure you do not come alone, all right? Uh, on your seat when you came in this morning are a couple of little square cards. I talked about those last weekend. I want you to use those, all right? I want you to find somebody that you can invite to come to church with you over the next several weeks. And we're not the only church in America. We're not even the only church here locally that does at the movies, but we kind of feel like we found our kind of little way of doing it that's unique to us. And, and um, so really, really excited about what that next several weeks is going to look like. And um, just, just make sure you don't come alone, all right? That's all I'm asking of you. Be, be with someone who is not connected to a local life-giving church, okay? So don't make this my church is better than yours. You want to find somebody that's, that's not connected, all right? And, and um, get them here. Bring them with you. Uh, kidnap them, bribe them, whatever you got to do. And um, just don't get caught if you do something illegal, but uh, get them to church with you. I'm kind of kidding, just a little, all right? Uh, and then as soon as we wrap up at the movies, in fact, next weekend, those at the movies invite cards will change to Christmas invite cards and uh, can y'all believe, it's my, I heard my son this morning running around the house going, uh, I think he was, I don't know the math, I don't know if he had it right or not, but I think he was running around the house stomping around going, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days, 30 days. Um, come on, Christmas is just around the corner, everybody. It's almost here. This is my favorite time of the year. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. Uh, I, I actually didn't used to, uh, but I, I, I let the Holy Spirit get a hold of my life. And so um, <laughs> I, I do. I just, I love Christmas. And I don't know, it's easy to get 
frustrated with all the commercialization and all that kind of stuff, but y'all, this is our chance to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and I just, I love all of it. I, I just get excited about all of it, and we'll have four Christmas services that you can be a part of, December 22nd and 23rd at 7 p.m., and then on Christmas Eve, the 24th at 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock. I know a lot of you are going to be serving at multiple services, but I want to encourage you to show up to as many services as you can have a guest with you for, all right? So if you have friends or family or coworkers or neighbors that, um, that you can get to come to multiple services, then come sit with them, all right? You'll be proud of your church. Our team's working hard. The music's going to be beautiful. We'll have candlelight and, and then a very clear invitation to come into a relationship with the Prince of Peace, all right? So it's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited about it. How many know, we started this series last weekend, how many know that if you live in, if you live in Newark, any Newarkers in the room? Okay. Any of you happy that you live in Newark? Some of you are like, um, bear, any bear in the room? Yeah. All right. Come on. Um, uh, Newcastle, any Newcastle in the room? Yeah. Uh, Elkton, Wilmington, um, Hokesson, um, no Hokesson, they're all too rich for us. All right, um, <laughs> anybody? Uh, Pennsylvania, somewhere Pennsylvania, any Pennsylvania? All right, um, see, just Cecil County in general. Any Cecil, all right, yeah, all right. Um, so how many know, no matter where you live, no matter where you're from, you're not just a citizen of the place you're from? Not just a citizen of Newcastle County, not just a citizen of Delaware, not just a citizen of Maryland or Pennsylvania. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, this is what we tried to establish last weekend. You are a citizen of, well, I'll tell you this, right. Paul says it to the Philippians right here. He says, we are citizens of where? Heaven. I want to show it to you in the Bible so you know I wasn't making it up. Come on, we are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of a higher kingdom. How many think it's important for us to know we're a part of something bigger? We're, we're part of something bigger, and we spent a lot of time last week talking about this. If you miss it, I want to encourage you to go find the archive. It's on the app or the website or YouTube, or whatever your favorite place to watch is. And we talked about last weekend what it means for us to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It's a, it's a kingdom. God's in charge. We don't have to get together every four years and decide if God's still in charge. Like, he's in charge. He's the king. It's his kingdom. It's a good kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. It's a right kingdom. We talked about last week how it's it's going to last forever. It's going to go on forever. It's a stewardship kingdom. It's a, it's a generous kingdom. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his one and only son. So we want to respond to his generosity with, with our own generosity. Paul says we're, we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies. Can I get an amen this morning? Young people are like, my body's not weak, immortal. To which I would just say, oh, you just hold on. Your day's coming, and we're all going to laugh at you. It's coming. Are weak and more bottles and change them into glorious bodies? Come on, everybody. Who's excited for that? I still, you probably heard me say it before, I don't know if this theology works out. I'm pretty sure heaven me has a six pack. I'm just saying. <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure. He's going to change us into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his 
control. Anybody ever felt like the world's out of control? But he's going to, he's got it. He's got it. And we're citizens of his kingdom. It's, it's, it's bigger than us. It, it matters. It's important. And we talked about last week that because it's an eternal kingdom, I want to be a person who doesn't live for the next five minutes or the next 24 hours. I want to live with the end in mind. I want to live with eternity in mind. And I've been given a responsibility. In fact, it's where we'll end the service today is a reminder of that responsibility to make heaven as big as possible and hell as little as possible. Come on, y'all. That's what he's asked us to do, to get ready for heaven. And, and it's, that, it's a generous kingdom. God gave, so we want to be people who are generous. And so I just want to take a second this morning to talk about something. This is the one time a year that you'll hear me do this. Uh, we, we don't talk about money a lot in our church. Jesus talked about money like a ton. If I talked about money as much as Jesus did, none of y'all would come here. He'd be like, I'm tired of hearing about it. He, he, talked, he talked a lot. He talked a lot about money. But once a year, we do invite you to go above and beyond your normal giving and to give in the only special offering that we take. And we don't set a goal for it. We, our goal is just participation. We want 100% of people who could participate to participate. That's, that's our goal. And we don't really even have a way to, to measure that. You have to measure that, you and, you and Jesus. The Bible tells us we shouldn't give out of compulsion or manipulation. And so I'm going to tell you about it now, talk a little bit about it now so that I don't have to talk about it on the 18th because I just want you to take the next several weeks to have an opportunity to pray. And here's what I want you to do. I want you just to ask God, hey, God, should I be a part of this? I have margin. I have extra above and beyond what I need, above and beyond the tithing that I already give. I have, extra, I have margin. God, do you want me to take any of that margin and invest it in the kingdom? And if he says yes, then you say, okay, God, then how much of what I have do you want me to invest? And he will give you an amount. Um, unless, you're, unless you're the more cautious type like me, then he will give your spouse an amount. Come on, come on, y'all. <laughs> and you'll be like, really? Are you sure you heard from God? And I'll be like, yes, this is what we're doing. All right, so just all I'm asking you to do is just do that and then be obedient. And then I had a phone call last year after we talked about legacy offering that taught me something as a, as a leader. And somebody called me and said, hey, I don't really understand this whole legacy offering thing. If I give, if I write a check, what are you going to do with it? And so if you're okay with it this morning, I'd like to just take five minutes and tell you all the things that God has put on our hearts for 2023 next year and where we want to leverage legacy giving to make an impact uh, for the kingdom. I think our job uh, as a church, part of our job is to take your generosity and find good places to investment so that you invest it so that you get a good return on your investment in heaven, all right? Uh, Y'all want that, right? Like you wanna, wouldn't it be cool if you got to heaven and you're expecting like a few people to be there because of you, but then you find out because of your generosity there's like hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands that are there? because of you. I think that's kind of our job when we come together as the body of Christ is to look for ways to leverage our resources to go get the best return we possibly can for the kingdom. And so I, I wanted to just kind of answer this question. If I give in the legacy offering, what are you going to do with the money? How are you going to spend it? And um, so I just want to give you kind of the lanes that we're going to leverage that giving towards. And one is here in our church. There are things that we 
that we feel called to do, that we feel like God is leading us to do, but they go outside of what, was, what is in our normal day-to-day operations budget. And so when opportunity comes to us, we want to be able to say yes to the needs of our community, to, to, to minister to people here in the body. And so, uh, so let's start with just talking about our church, people who already call our church home. And I, I just want you to know, we feel called to make a bigger investment in resourcing and equipping married people and parents so that they can build a family that is centered on Jesus. Can I hear an amen, everybody? All right, and so uh, we actually made a decision this week with our Thrive Marriage Conference. We've got that coming up February 10th and 11th, and if y'all haven't signed up, you need to get to thrivemarriageconference.com and register right now. Uh, Here's what you need to know. We won't even come close to paying for the conference with the registrations that people pay. And we wanna keep it cheap. In fact, we wanna have the option to scholarship people if they can't afford to get here. So if you are married or engaged, you need to be at Thrive Marriage Conference February 10th and 11th. February 10th is my birthday, so if you love your pastor, come to the marriage conference. Just saying, just a little bit of manipulation, not much, just a tiny bit. Uh, I'm just telling it's a, it's a fun event. We have a lot of fun and we learn a lot. Um, come on, any, any of y'all that were there last year? It was good, wasn't it? Wasn't it a good weekend? It was, it was fun. If you're single, come serve at that event, all right? You'll, you could listen in a little. Um, you'll probably learn some things. Parents, if your teenagers are gonna serve, you better make sure you've had the talk with them because we having to talk here, all right? I'm just saying. Nancy's coming back. That's all I'm gonna say, all right? So we're going there, all right? We're talking about it, all right? Um, but not just a marriage conference where, where we're gonna invest money beyond what will come in in registrations because we want it to be affordable to people, like significant investment that we'll put into that weekend. Uh, and we have great speakers. My, my pastors, Waylon and Dana Sears from Tucson, Arizona. Mark and Monica Poland are coming back from the Discover Church up in Philly. And, um, and then we got Nancy Houston, who's, who's going to be with us. I mean, it's just going to be a powerful weekend. I've got a message that I've had for several months that I'm excited to share that opening night. Uh, and then we want to do things throughout the year. Amanda and I actually want to do a marriage and family podcast um, that, where the two of us can sit down and just kind of talk about some of the principles that are working for us and our family and things that we're learning as we uh, navigate marriage and parenting. And all, all, we just wanna, we wanna continue to equip and resource marriages and families. But I have this theory in ministry that if you're not happy with what's going on in one area, you don't necessarily try to fix it. You look to the area that preceded it. For instance, we had a conversation probably, I don't know what, a year or two ago, we were talking about, hey, as as students graduate high school and they enter their college years, um, that tends to be the time that it's harder to keep them engaged in church. What do we do? And is it great college ministry? Maybe. But I also think we need to go examine what we're doing in their middle school and high school years to make sure that when they get to that age, they're not like, peace, I'm done. And so we've worked really hard to try to create environments where students in 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade feel like, this is my house, this is my church. That's why they're running the cameras this morning and making sure the lights come on and, and they're making sure this screen has all the right stuff on it and, and the ones who are old enough are assisting, assisting adults in our, our childcare environments. And, and I'm, I'm, for, I'm for teenagers being ushers, greeters, hospitality, like all of it. Like this needs to be, we believe in multi-generational ministry in our church, all right? And, and so then you feel like, man, this is my church. So that when they turn 18, they're not like, that's my parents' church. Y'all with me? 
That's our heart, it's our philosophy. Same thing with marriages and families. If, if marriages are struggling, maybe we should help the people who aren't married yet prepare for a season of family building. How many of y'all got married and wish somebody would have told you some stuff beforehand? Anybody? Yeah? Anybody feel like the person you dated is not who you live with? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's some, some things that just, and even beyond premarital counseling, in fact, we have some leaders in our church who are doing a great job in, in, in the small group arena right now and gathering people together who are in a season of single life. And, and some of them are young. They're, 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 you know, they haven't entered the season of life where they would get married yet. Some are, they find themselves single again. A marriage didn't go the way they thought it would. And so they find themselves back in that season. Either way, we have a responsibility, church. Come on, y'all. We have a responsibility to make sure that this group of people is seen and valued and resourced and equipped so that when they step into the season of life where they might build a family, they're not starting from scratch. Can I get an amen, somebody? So we wanna do a better job here and we think we can. In fact, there's an organization we're looking at building a relationship with, we're in the very early stages right now, who has real research where they went into Duval County, Florida. They specifically chose Duval because it had the highest divorce rate in the state of Florida. They partnered with churches and they built uh, curriculum and programming for married couples to get better at things like communicating and uh, talking to each other in healthy ways. But also, one of the most successful programs they had was just simply a class that single people would come to called How to Make Sure You Don't Marry a Jerk. (laughs) And over the course of several years, y'all, they took the highest divorce rate in the state of Florida and they cut it in half in that county. So I'm like, sign us up. You know what I'm saying? Like, sign us up. How many think we can do better? We can do better and we have to. And then I don't, I don't know entirely what this looks like yet, but I know we have to do better at resourcing our church to handle mental and emotional challenges in the world we live in right now. It's an epidemic in our world. I do foresee at some point in the future us having legitimate trained, licensed therapists who, who work at our, who are available here on the premises and work at our church and are available for people who need to have somebody to talk to. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And I'm sick and tired of Christians acting like depression and anxiety and mental health issues should be shoved under the rug and you wouldn't have any problems if you just had more faith. That's garbage. It's just garbage, all right? And so we're gonna do a good job of figuring this out and we're gonna take our time, we're gonna get it right but I'm just going to tell you, it's going to cost money to get it right. Uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not cheap. And, um, and so we've got we've to take the time to get it right. Uh, we also have a heart to figure out some, some education options, but it's too much for me to get into today. All right. Uh, we're also going to invest legacy funds in the next generation because the best investment you can make is the next generation. It's just the best, all right? And so uh, we want to we keep working on our leadership development pipeline we have a lot of work to do there to figure that out and to get it right. And uh, we, we, we're going to have some staffing needs in the coming years because you all keep having babies, which I'm thankful for. It's great. But it means we're going to have to pay a kid's director at some point. It means we're going to need somebody who focuses on students and teenagers full time at some point. And, um, and I know some of you are thinking, but you got Whitney. She's the next gen's director. She's responsible for everything from birth to college age. Plus, uh, she's such a high-level leader that Amanda and I are like, Hey, Whitney, do this. Hey, Whitney, do this. And we don't want to break her, all right? So we're going to need, 
we're going to need some, some additional staffing uh, over the next couple of years, and, uh, and we want to do a better job resourcing and equipping the leaders that are already here, making sure they feel supported and challenged and equipped to go do uh, what we've asked them to do. And I just want to tell you this morning, if you're trying to figure out, maybe you're working your way through life track right now, and you're trying to figure out where should I invest my time and my energy and my resources, if there's any chance at all you could fall in love with children or teenagers, go invest your time and your resources there. We need you, and it's the best investment you could ever make. I am standing here today because a youth pastor loved me. It's that simple. Pursued me, built a relationship with me, made me feel like I mattered to God and to him. And somebody else in our sphere of influence needs that interaction, and they might need it with you. So if you want to, if you want to make an investment, do it there. But we're going to spend some money there next year. Uh, we're also going to invest some, some finances in local outreach. And you'll notice I'm saying marriage and family again, because not only do we need to do a better job inside our church, but we're going to target our community. Uh, some churches, when they do something like a marriage conference, it's really built around driving people into their small groups. Ours is not. Our advertising and our marketing is aimed outside of our walls to find people whose marriages might be a little, going a little, be a little rocky right now and just to say, hey, there's hope. There's hope. You can get a fresh start. You can build on the foundation of Jesus. He can take what felt like a disaster and turn it into a miracle. And, uh, and so we, wanna, we, wanna, we want that to be a part of our outreach strategy. Same with singles again. And, and then we're going to deepen our relationship and, and develop some new relationships with local partners. When we brought Pastor Perry on staff, uh, he's out on vacation this week, and uh, deer across southern Delaware are very sad about that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of his responsibility is to look for organizations here in our community that are already doing things well and open up those doors for us to build relationships and bring manpower and money. We don't need to invent things that somebody else is already doing well. So we want to come alongside organizations where we can attach the gospel uh, and be a part of that. We're going to give some money um, to, to our serve events, obviously, things like uh, Christmas Shop, which is just around the corner. Come on, y'all. It's going to be awesome. December 18th, if you have not signed up yet, make sure that you head over to truelife.church forward slash serve team. Give a Saturday to make an investment in some people's lives. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to do that. We're also going to uh, give some money to, to church planting. I don't want to go too much into detail, but we got some cool stuff that we'll share with you on Legacy Weekend during the day that we give that offering. I, we are anticipating your generosity. I'll just tell you that. And so we've already made some decisions to be generous because we're anticipating your generosity in our legacy offering, and it's going to be really cool. Uh, we also are going to continue to invest in our global partners above and beyond our missions giving. So just like we teach you to tithe, our church tithes. So a minimum of 10% of everything you give leaves. We take 100% of what you give to missions, and we add on 10% of what you give to our general fund, and it leaves. All right? We send it out. To the tune of this year, what will probably end up being, uh, it could end up being in the neighborhood of $100,000 that y'all will give away uh, to missions and to uh, like 20,000 is just our Christmas shop. You all could get excited about that. You're being a generous church. Um, all right, organizations like Children's Cup who when they come to us and say, hey, we have a need of, that goes above and beyond our operational budget, we wanna say yes. Like we did last year in December, we, we sent about $30,000 out of this house because we were sitting on legacy funds and surplus missions dollars that we were able to say, 
We got that. In fact, tomorrow we mail out a check to make sure every child and family in Eswatini, where we sponsor a care point, gets a Christmas package and a party and food and, and, and the gospel. And I mean, just all of it. Like, we're going to, it's awesome. We get to be a part of that. So Children's Cup, One Hope, Hand of Hope. You can read about those organizations on our website if you're not sure. But just know when you're giving here and you're being generous, these are some of the organizations that we're already in relationship with and partnered with who benefit. If you've used the Bible app on your phone, that's, uh, that's one hope. If you've used the Bible app for kids, that's one hope. In fact, if your kids go through one of the devotional plans on the Bible app, they might even see Whitney's face pop up because she recorded devotion that gets used uh, for kids on that app. So I just want you to know your church is strategically in relationship with people and making investments where we can grow the kingdom. Say amen if you're excited about that. And those are the lanes that we will leverage uh, with your legacy giving. They're eternal investments. One of my friends, Pastor Sam, says this, and I don't know if he's the original one to to say it. I might have shared this with you last week, but what you keep today is yours today. But what you give today is yours forever. Because you're putting an investment into heaven, into eternity. They're heaven investments. It's, it's kingdom legacy. And then, of course, go invite people and use those acts of kindness cards that we talked about last week. Go leave a monster tip for somebody at a, at a restaurant today and, and leave an act of kindness card. I'm sorry, I'm losing my microphone here. Go, go do that. I, in fact, I had somebody come up to me last week and they are like, you need to spend more time selling that because we have experience in the food industry and the worst tippers are church people. I'm just gonna let that sit here for a second. I know that's not people from true life. Come on. I said I know it ain't people from true life. So let's, let's, uh, let's flip the script on that, everybody, yeah? Let's go. Let's go shock some people today with generosity as we head out and grab lunches and, and um, pick up our food and from different places. Let's go, let's go be generous and then use that acts of kindness card. Absolutely attach the gospel to your, especially if they think church people are cheap. You give them that card and be like, it ain't all of us. All right? So just, it ain't all of us. All right. <laughs> I think I saw somebody elbow their spouse like, he's talking about you cheapskate. <laughs> all right, we, 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 I shared this passage with you last week. And the reason why we want to do all of this is because we want to we get in line with the words of Jesus when he says, seek the what? Kingdom. The kingdom of God above, <laughs> we still didn't fix it, above all else. Above all else. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. How many, how many of you realize God is, he's so acutely in tune with your needs. He's not confused. He hasn't overlooked them. He knows. He knows. And he he has promised, Jesus has promised that when we make the kingdom a priority in our lives, he'll make sure we have our needs met. He will not make sure we have all of our wants met, but he will make sure we have our needs met. I'm thankful for that. So what I want to do today, and I'm going to do this in about 10 minutes, and I'm going to get you out of here, is I want to show you one more scripture as we get ready to go invite people to church like crazy, pray like crazy, 
leverage the season, leverage the holidays like crazy for the kingdom, I, I want to encourage you with a few thoughts, actually a prayer that I hope you'll pray. Last week, my wife was, she was supposed to uh, come out at the end of the message and wrap everything up and pray for all of you guys, and then my son was sick, and so she stayed home and didn't get to do that, and she had this scripture that she was going to share with everybody, and when she told me what it was, I was like, oh, that's a good scripture. I'm stealing that, and that is now this week's message. So this is Amanda preaching vicariously this morning. Colossians chapter three, verse one. Since you have been raised to what? New life. New life. How many know when you came into a relationship with Jesus, you got a new life? So, so you, you don't get to be like, well, that's just the way I am. No, it's not. That's the way you were. You used to be grouchy. You used to be lazy. Come on, y'all. You used to be cheap, <laughs> but now, but now, come on everybody, we have a new life, new life. It doesn't mean I don't sometimes dip back into that old, anybody else ever struggle with that? Like, I'm, I think I'm the old me until I've had at least two coffees in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes two coffees to get the new life back in gear. You've been raised to new life with Christ, so set your sights on the realities of heaven. Can I just ask you this question this morning? What are your sights set on? What are your sights set on? Is it the next promotion? Are you climbing the corporate ladder? Is it the next educational thing that you're looking for? Is it a financial goal? Which, I wanna be clear, those might not be bad things. But I found in myself, let's talk about me for a second, I found in myself sometimes a tendency to get my sights set on lots of good things, but that doesn't make them God things. So, so what, what are your sights set on? At the end of the day, above everything else, I want my sights set on the realities of heaven this eternal kingdom that I'm a part of, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think, everybody say think. Think about the things of heaven. So what are you looking at and then what, what's, what's dominating your thinking right now? Is there a problem you're trying to solve that maybe if you just slow down and take it to God, he's already got a solution for it? What's dominating your mind? What, what's, what's dominating your thinking today? Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, revealed to the whole world, is revealed to the whole world, you will, everybody say the next word, share. I love that. You're going to share in all of Jesus' glory. Let me just give you like a here on earth kind of illustration of that. Like if you have a bank account, if you have a savings account particularly, you've, you've deposited that money, or if you have a 401k, you've deposited that money along with other people. You're not the only one who deposits there. In the hopes that that financial institution is gonna take that money and make wise investments with it and one day return it back to you with extra, you're, gonna, you're hoping to get a share of the extra. You all tracking with me this morning? 
You're hoping to get a share. And Paul says like, hey, be about the kingdom and you are guaranteed a return, a share in all of his glory. So as we, as we lean into this season, the next several weeks at the movies, Christmas, like let's just, let's end the year on a high note, amen? Like let's go for it, let's swing for the fences. And I wanna invite you this week to just pray this simple prayer. You start by just saying, Holy Spirit. Why don't we just say that this morning? Just say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. We're, we want your attention this morning, God. Holy Spirit, we're praying. We're talking to you. We're so thankful for who you are and your love for us and your power at work within us. And now we come to you and we're, we're asking you to help us with some things, Holy Spirit. And here's the first one. Holy Spirit, would you help me to see what you see? To see what you see. I, I don't want to gross anybody out or be super crude this morning, but I, I, as I was teaching this in the first service, I remembered something that happened to me one time. And if, I'm sorry if this grosses you out, but one time, I, 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 ladies, I don't know if you know this, but the men's restrooms are different. There's different equipment in the men's room, okay? And um, we have these things called urinals. And I walked into a restroom one time, and I looked down into the urinal, and there's a, there's a half dollar laying in there. Silver coin, a silver half dollar. I mean, no, you have to decide in that moment, what is 50 cents worth? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you, you ever notice how sometimes... Y'all want to know what happened. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not telling. It's <laughs> going to leave you hanging. Still there. Still there. If I'd have had my rubber gloves for when I'm camping, I would have done it, but it's still there. You ever notice how, like, sometimes you come across a person and the condition of their life is in shambles? And in that moment, you have to decide, is that person valuable enough for me to reach into the messy place? I think the Holy Spirit, when, when we invite him to, he helps us, instead of, seeing, instead of seeing the urinal, we just see the coin. Sometimes when we look at other people's lives and their brokenness and the, the mess that they're dealing with, maybe it's an addiction, maybe, maybe their family's not going well, maybe they've made some bad choices and their, their finances have gone off the rails. It's, it's so easy for us to look at a person and see the environment that they are in instead of just seeing the value of the person. You know, the Holy Spirit, when he looks at you, when God looks at you, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for this. He doesn't see, he doesn't see a kid that came from a poor home or a broken home. He, he doesn't see a kid that had a hard time making friends in high school. He, he doesn't see a kid who had to wear uh, clothes that mama went and sewed together from whatever fabric was cheapest at Walmart. Come on, y'all with me? 
He doesn't see a kid that at times has had some issues or some addictions. How many, how many glad that when God looked at you, he didn't value you based on the circumstances that surrounded you. He valued you just because you're you. Like he's, he's just because you're you. Jesus wasn't like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I can go to the cross because uh, that one's in a urinal. So Holy Spirit, help me to see what you see. You know, he notices pain. He notices hurt, disappointment, need, trauma. Some of y'all are carrying that today, and I just need you to know the Holy Spirit sees it. He sees it. He sees it. And all of us have someone in our lives who's in pain or need or hurt or trauma. And you know, you're just, you're just gonna need the Holy Spirit's help to not see everything through human eyes. To be able to see value in people. Just because they're people. Amen? Help me to see what you see. And Holy Spirit, help me to, help me to feel what you feel. You know God has feelings? He has feelings. Let me just tell you the simplest way to prove that. Whose image were you created in? You have feelings? He has feelings. We see it in the scriptures. We see where he feels jealous or angry or heartbroken. And not only do I want to be able to see people and see the world through the lens of the Holy Spirit, now I want to be able to respond I want my heart to be able to respond in the same way that he would. To care, to love. You know God is in love with you? Like he's crazy in love with you. And some of you can't even handle hearing that because you're like, no, I'm, no I, haven't, I haven't straightened myself out enough for him to look. No, no, no. It's not conditional on how straightened out you are. He loves you because he's God. That's it. Because he is love. Like he's, he's in love with you. He's infatuated with you. His heart aches for people who don't know him yet, who are far from him. And it's, it's, it's so easy because I just, I see other people oftentimes, I see them just through the lens of the circumstance they're in or the mistakes that they've made or the consequences that they're having to deal with. And, and so if I'm not careful, I can cut my heart off from feeling what the Holy Spirit would feel for people, he loves them, he cares about them. So Holy Spirit, teach me today to see what you see and to feel what you feel. Help me to have mercy and compassion and empathy. Help me not to just to try to fix everything, but sometimes just to sit with someone in the pain that they're walking through. We can all get better at that sometimes, amen? I don't, know, I don't know what your marriage is like, but in my marriage, like, I tend to try to be the fixer. I want to fix stuff. Sometimes Amanda will just be like, hey, I don't need you to doctor fill me right now. Don't fix this. You know what she's saying? I need you just to feel this with me right now. Just, just sit and feel this with me right now. You know, you know the world needs that too? 
I think one of the greatest things we could do to be a witness for the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus is just to sit with people in their pain and go, you know what, you're right, this sucks. I'm really sorry. Yes, I said sucks. Pastor Perry does it now all the time, and he's been preaching longer than me, so I feel like that's my permission slip. He's in love with people. His heart aches for those who don't know him yet. Help me to feel what you feel. And Holy Spirit, would you help me to think the way you would think? I need your mind. I need your thoughts. Help me not just to rush to the conclusions that I would come to. Help me, help me to think like you would think. I wanna, I wanna have the mind of heaven. I wanna have the eyes of heaven and the heart of heaven and the mind of heaven. That's so why Paul says, think, think about heaven. Think about the end. Think about what you're called to. Think about people. I had this, I had this interaction recently. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to save it for later. I'll come back to that in a minute. Help, help me help the Holy Spirit to think the way you think. Here's the last one. Jesus, or Holy Spirit, help me to do what Jesus would do, what Jesus would do. I got corrected after the first service because I was like, hey, how many all old enough to remember the what would Jesus do bracelets? Anybody remember those? So my teenage daughter made sure that I knew that's still a thing. So I was like, oh, okay. So, because I remember them being hot when I was in high school and I worked in a Christian bookstore and it was like, oh, we got WWJD bracelets. We would sell through those things like hotcakes. And then I thought they weren't cool anymore. I thought they were gone, but apparently they made a comeback. So if we get them for y'all, would you wear them? Yes? Okay. All right, cool. That's more. I said that in the first service and like two people were like, I'm like, I'm not buying two. I'm not doing that. We're going to get bulk pricing. All right, that's how I roll. We're going to get bulk pricing. All right, so now we'll try to figure that out. Help me to do what Jesus would do. Holy Spirit, help me to see what you see, feel what you feel, think the way you would want me to think. And help me to do what Jesus would do. To, to live with boldness, to not be ashamed of the gospel, to be willing to hand an invitation to a movie at church. Close with this story and I got one more scripture for you. So I had, this, I had this weird interaction a couple weeks ago. My wife and I have this tradition. You might think this is weird, but most of the time she do, does all the like food shopping, grocery shopping. She likes to go do it by herself. It's like her alone time, some quiet time while she does that. But once a year, we go together. We take a day, half a day, and after the kids are at school, we go shop and buy all of our Thanksgiving food together. And it's just fun. It's just a fun thing for us. And, we walk around, we're picking out turkey and got our lists and we just hang out together. We, we really look forward to it. It's a fun thing. I'm not saying that would work for you. I don't want you to be like, hey, girl, you know, it'd be a hot date. Let's go to Walmart. Pick a turkey. Might not work for you. Works for us. So we do our shopping, right? We, we get to the end. Now, now, normally we go over to Cecil County actually to do grocery shopping because it's really close to our house. And also because they still have plastic bags. 
<laughs> and, and we use those things. Like they're trash can liners, we carry stuff in them. We use the mess out of those things. We use them on camping trips. So who would have thought that those would suddenly become such a high value item? Well, on our Thanksgiving shopping trip a couple weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago, we weren't thinking clearly. And so we go to the Middletown Walmart. And as we're getting in line to check out, all of a sudden it hits us. It hits Amanda. She's like, oh no. They're not going to have the bags. So we get up there, we're checking out, they're scanning all the food in. And the lady starts handing me paper bags. And y'all, I'm not anti recycling and I'm not anti environment. I, like, I understand. I think, sort of, why they did what they did. On some level, I sort of get it. But I just, like, I get grouchy. So I'm bagging in the paper bags, and I start complaining. I'm like, these bags are stupid. I hate these paper stinking bags. So I'm just complaining, because my life is so hard. <laughs> right? I'm griping, and the, the girl at the cash register, she's checking us out, she's sending the food to me, I'm putting it in the paper bag, griping about it all the way. This is my Thanksgiving attitude, stupid paper bags. And she says, you're right, those bags, they are terrible. But then she launches into a mini sermon. Like a 30 second sermon, Walmart cashier, super sweet, launches into a 30-second mini-sermon to try to make sure that when I get home and unpack the groceries that I immediately get the paper bags in the recycle bin to save the planet. Which I just, I know some of you are like, did you? Of course we did. Of course we did. But you know, it rubbed me. Kind of got under my skin. I, I found myself feeling a little bit convicted. Because I thought, here's this girl checking out groceries, and she is ready, like this, to make her pitch for recycling. And I thought, I don't think I'm that prepared to make my pitch for the gospel. Like, I'm not saying recycling doesn't matter. I am saying heaven and hell matter more. They matter more. So what is it in me that sometimes can't be as bold about my Jesus as that girl was about paper bags? Got under my skin a little. And I just can't help but wonder if maybe I'm not the only one. Isn't it interesting how sometimes we let ourselves get bold about things and the kingdom can fade into obscurity. Don't want to offend anybody. Don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. When in reality, like, even if I did offend you a little, but I saved you from eternity in hell, probably worth it. Probably worth it. Yeah? 
And so I want to leave you with the words of Jesus today. If you've spent any time at all going to church, you're familiar with this. If not, this might be the first time you've seen this. Matthew 28, 18 is one of the final directives, commandments that Jesus gives to his followers during his time on earth. And it says, he came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Can we just agree that's a lot of authority? So I want you to think about this. If Jesus is gonna make this statement, hey, all of the authority everywhere, I'm gonna take all the authority that's available to me and I'm gonna give you something to do. How many think like, probably should pay attention to that? He said, all, all the authority on heaven and earth, and I'm telling you, go. Everybody say go. Go. And do what? Make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want to confess to you this morning, I think, like a lot of leaders, like a lot of pastors, like a lot of churches, at times I have confused make disciples with build a crowd have great attendance, create cool environments for people and playgrounds for kids. And I'm, listen, I'm for all of those things. I just think we gotta be like super careful because Jesus didn't just tell us to get a crowd together. He asked us to do what? Make disciples. Here's the difference. You know what a disciple is? It's someone who's in the process of learning how to follow someone else. To be a disciple of Jesus means I am every day learning how to follow Jesus with my whole life. And then Jesus says to us, hey, go help people figure out what it looks like to follow me, to follow Jesus with their whole lives and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey. There's a word that'll fly in our current culture. All the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I got you. I'm with you. You can be as bold as the paper bag lady at Walmart. Because I'm with you, even to the end of the age. Go make disciples. You're going to hear the language change in our church over the next 12 or so months as we get kind of refocused on this. Like, I don't want to just gather crowds, I want to make disciples. This needs to be a house of disciples. This needs to be a house of people following Jesus with their whole heart, amen? Teaching other people how to follow Jesus with their whole heart. It's a house, it's a house of disciples making disciples. It's what we've gotta become. It's what he asked us to be. But it does start with evangelism, which is for us to go find somebody and tell them what God has done in our lives or at least make the invitation. Say, come, come to church with me. Come watch a movie. Come sing some Christmas music. And just get the people you love in a position where the Holy Spirit can do what he does best. You never know what might happen. Would you stand to your feet? We're gonna close. I'm gonna get you out of here right on time. Would you bow your heads with me all across the room in prayer? And I just want to ask if there's anybody in the room today 
who has not yet made Jesus Lord of your life. He's not in charge. You've never surrendered to him. But you sense in your heart that today that needs to happen. You need to give your life to him. You might be watching online this morning. I can't see you, but God sees you. If you're in the room today and you say, hey, Michael, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Would you just wave your hand at me real quick? I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know that you're here. It's just, hey, I need Jesus. Anybody? Just wave your hand at me real quick. Anybody? I see it. Anybody else? Just put it up right back down. Anybody else? Thank you so much. If you did that today, if you raised your hand in person, online, doesn't matter. Just right there where you're at. Just, just talk to Jesus. Just say, hey, Jesus, I need you. And today I surrender my life to you. Please save me. Please forgive me for all the time I've spent away from you. That all changes today. From this day on, my life belongs to you. I make you Lord. I make you King. I surrender completely to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to I want you to think now. Holy Spirit, do I see what you see? Feel what you feel? Do I think the way you would want me to think? And am I living out a life doing what Jesus would do? Just take a couple seconds, let the Holy Spirit respond to you in your heart right now. Maybe he's going to put his finger on one of those. Maybe you've gotten your sights set on some other things. Maybe your mind wanders, your heart wanders. Let him just pull you back today. And then Holy Spirit, I pray right now in each and every person's mind and heart in this room right now, in the eyes of our heart, give us names and faces of people in our lives who you are asking us to serve, to love, to share Jesus with, to invite to church, to pray for, to be generous toward. Give us names and faces right now, and I pray that each and every person in this room today would be obedient as we see what you see. And help us to feel the way you feel about those people. Help us to think how you would think about how to love them, serve them, invite them. And Holy Spirit, I pray for the boldness to go do what Jesus would do. In your name I pray. If you receive it, would you say amen this morning? And listen, hey, listen, over the next several weeks as we end the year together, heaven's going to grow and hell's going to get smaller. Can we just celebrate as if that's already happened this morning? Come on, let's just celebrate as if it's already happened. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right.